Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you on this post-Super Bowl morning. Uh, I have some things to discuss, and then uh, there are some Bitcoin news or Tesla news. We'll call it Tesla and Bitcoin news about a few minutes ago, maybe 15 minutes ago now. So that's going to be our lead story of the morning. Bitcoin is moving. Tesla is moving. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, there are some other headlines, but again, that's really going to be like the main story. The, the theme in the morning, I want to hit on Peloton. I want to hit on OCGN. Uh, we'll take questions from our chat and our guest today is Tim Quast. He is the founder and CEO of Modern IR and Market Structure Edge. Today's show is also sponsored by Market Structure Edge. It is the first decision support platform for traders built on market structure. To learn more, go to marketstructureedge.com. Dot com. There is the URL. Joel, why don't you pull up your charts here? Show us what we're doing in the in the overnight session in the S&P 500 futures. I can do that for you. Good morning, Spencer. Good morning, traders, investors. Uh, well, we had a strong close on Friday, right? And that strong close has translated into a strong open. Let me share my screen to give you the S&P 500 index futures here. Trading up. Uh, boom, boom. Let's see. It's giving me a little bit of a hard time. Here we go. We're trading up 12 and three quarters handles at 38.93. We stopped at 39.50 for no other reason than it's never been there before. Nice round number. Uh, pre-market low that was made early in the session at 85.50. So no downside till we take that out. Uh, crude, that's on its merry way. Great week last week. That's up 61 cents at 57.46. Uh, crude getting back up to that those February levels. It's taken a while for crude to get there, but it's working its way up towards $60. Uh, gold, that's up 11.90 after a bad week last week at uh, 11.24.90. Silver back above 27, my favorite metal, at uh, up 22 cents at 27.24. And you knew it was a matter of time before Bitcoin cleared 40,000. Mr. Musk and Tesla helped wow. out today yeah. up 14%, $5,440. Yeah. Triple D. What's going on? How was your weekend? <laughs> it was interesting. I'll say that much. I had a very interesting weekend to uh, had a septic backup at my parents' house that I was trying to help out with. And <laughs> and then I had a, an interesting weekend on Reddit too, I guess. So maybe we should address the Reddit stuff because if people haven't been uh, listening to the, or reading the chat here this morning. So I had a Reuters reporter call me. I'll give you the backstory with this article. Had a Reuters reporter call me. They call, like, usually I'm in there once a week. So you get the Reuters reporters. And he wanted to talk Reddit, and he wanted to talk uh, Wall Street Bets. Um, I initially said, I don't even know if I want to talk Wall Street Bets because I don't want everybody, you know, coming after me type deal. But, you know, what I did say was I thought that, you know, the Wall Street Bets, I said, look, I changed my entire strategies. I've been trading, you know, and shorting stocks for 20 years. And Wall Street Bets was powerful enough that they made me change some of my core strategies for a week and a half to two weeks. I backed off shorting mid caps and shorting small caps. That's how powerful Wall Street bets is. Like that's how the back conversation is. But then, you know, I got into the conversation. I said, I think the effects are starting to diminish 
because you've obviously seen some stocks come down and you've seen, you know, some people lose some money. So, um, you know, so I've started shorting stocks again. Well, that got quoted in Reuters, that end part of that conversation. And Wall Street bets grabbed a hold of it. And I've been like, there are like 3,000 messages about me, like not nice messages. <laughs> so I have all the respect, Wall Street bets people, if you're in there, I have so much respect for you guys. I changed my core strategy. That part wasn't in the article. Like I literally changed core strategies. Stop shorting stocks, like temporarily. I just said I'm starting to short stocks again. And they didn't like that. Evil short seller. So, you know, Wall Street Bets, I have the most respect for you guys. Even though a lot of you call me some not-so-nice names, it's okay. I, You know, it's okay. So <laughs> I, I want to be friends. We want to be friends with Wall Street Bets. And you know what? I do have respect for you guys. And no, I'm not telling you what I'm shorting. They all want to know what I'm shorting. <laughs> so... All the respect for Wall Street bets. Well, I'll, 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 I'll tell them what you're shorting. You're shorting some spy. You're, you're shorting <laughs> yeah. Apple. Oh, yeah, that's there. Fair. It's mega yeah. caps. Shorting yeah, the Q's. Yeah, I'll tell them. and Q's. That could be yeah. a tough short squeeze on yeah, them. Maybe I not. Think... Maybe they can squeeze those too. If they could do that, man. I mean, someone's actually squeezing this higher, right? institutions or whatever uh i i think the interview i'm not too... saying i was misquoted i was just saying the whole story wasn't there and yes i was on rt too and i said the same thing i talked about the effects people are calling me out for that interview too i talked about the effects diminishing i think the wall street bets effects have diminished to a certain extent we've seen some of these stocks come back down so i'll stand by that quote but i mean still at the same time um you know i have the most respect and if they start to like you know gang up on stocks i'll be watching out but you know, I am shorting some stocks still. I'm not going to come out and publicly, just like, you know, we had, you know, Citron saying he's not coming out and saying what he's publicly shorting now either, because it's a dangerous game because they, they can squeeze them. They're a powerful group, powerful group. I mean, the funny thing, too, is, is like where I mean, you know, we talk about shorts and put short setups on the show. But I mean, our, our long term portfolios are long you know fully invested sure. you know in the in the market yeah. um <clears throat> i don't think that interview on uh russia tv helped you out any either i mean that guy was trying to make out you know as like a you know uh, just a you know crazy trader and stuff and you had to rein him in okay, the, uh, yeah it was, it was confusing a, the first question i had if you watched that interview because he threw out oh here's one of the gamestop traders and i was like well i wasn't trading gamestop <laughs> So, you know, that was a little bit, that's why I was like a little bumbled up off the back because I didn't know how to answer that question because I wasn't trading GameStop. I was saying I was intentionally staying away from it. I was like, but that could have got run over in that. I mean, of you know, I short stocks. I short stocks. I'm not an evil short seller, you know, and, and the one thing that people don't consider, they think all shorts is evil. If you get rid of shorts, your S&Ps, everything, your ETF arbitrage, do you want your SPY to represent the S&P 500? Ask yourself that question. If you buy SPY, do you want it to track the S&P 500? Because if you eliminate short selling altogether, the shorts are what keeps that price in line. The, the stocks get a little bit too high, they short the stocks against the SPY. Stocks get a little bit too low, they buy the stocks against the SPY. And they keep it all in line. So it's always moving. You have that arbitrage. So this short impacts keeps the market more efficient, especially on the mega caps and the big caps. So just eliminating, talking to the regulators as well, you put curbs on short selling, you all of a sudden introduce new inefficiencies that, you know what, prop traders are probably going to take advantage of again. So playing with the market structure, you know, is not, you know, ideal here. I don't think there was problems with the market structure. And you know what, they found a hole. And when people are short 140% of the float, um, you know, there's, there's the potential for a stock squeeze. So it was a learning, you know, experience for a lot of hedge funds. I think for a lot of other people too, but, uh we're up this morning uh, just to go over the GME action. It got the the double Kramer pump. It did. Friday. Wow. Is he going to be on this week? Is that what, Spencer? Do we have confirmation that GME is going to be on Mad Money this week? Well, that's what he that's what he said. But he didn't give a date. So no. he said he's got two episodes coming up with GME, and that's really the catalyst for this wicked, wicked rally that we saw uh just off the it doesn't even look Kramer that tweeted wicked. that out and it went it halted on volatility on the upside the gme was going to be on mad money because we know mad money moves stocks and this is a stock that moves more than any of them so you know i don't want to be short gme right now ahead of a mad money episode so if you're coming in here and shorting gme at 68 and thinking well this is you know going to go back to 20 or, or 10 
you're asking for a little bit of trouble because ahead of Mad Money segments, you often see a pop ahead of those. And we, I don't know if there's a date even on it yet. So I'd be cautious being short GME. It's almost feel like you know, there could be a little long trade short term. But again, it's such a wild stock. I don't come in there because 68, the thing could fall to 50 on you. Then you get a pop to 55 on Kramer and you're still down 13 points. So hard to trade it um, just because it's so wickedly volatile. Uh, and I just said uh, tongue in cheek on uh, Friday about, hey, you know, if if you get a pop in this thing, you know, you're going to find sellers. And I just threw out like the previous day's high of 91.50, not thinking in any way whatsoever that it would get there. Well, it got to 95 on that. So I think I think it, we could just look at it, forget the story. Forget everything else, and we'll just look at this technically. And technically says you got a couple lows in the same area, 53.33 and 51.09. Split the old 50 bucks. And then on the upside, you got two highs in the same area, 91.50 and 95. So could we trade in between this for you know a long time and consolidate before an expert? We very well could. But uh, you got some nice parameters set up there. But basically, between 50 and 95, you know, this thing can go anywhere it wants at any time. So let's jump to the big story of the morning, and that is not the Super Bowl stocks. It is Tesla and Tesla taking a position in Bitcoin. And this has popped the stock substantially. It is not just popping the stock. It has blasted uh, Bitcoin off into orbit. Yes, I'm still on Bitcoin via the QBTC in Canada. Have it in my retirement account. I said zero or what did I say my target was? I don't even remember now. 100,000. 100,000. Well, maybe I got to up that target after the Elon position here. So it's 40. Where is Bitcoin this morning? Uh, I just got the futures at 43,380. I think we're going to see 100,000 by the end of the year. I think we're going to see 50,000 by the end of the week. Um, This is going to, I think it's already catapulting it. I wouldn't chase it, but you get a little pullback here. You now have Musk. And every time you know he's going to continue to tweet about it in all likelihood. So we know he likes to talk, you know, his positions there. So apparently anyways, even before we know them, because he was talking about Bitcoin for the last month, and now we find out he took a position in it. Um, It's actually very smart of Tesla, because one, Tesla's a story stock, and now you combine it with the story of Bitcoin, and Tesla's not going to only be seen as, you know, the EV play, the battery play, the solar play. Now it's going to be seen as a crypto play, too. So you combine all those stories And you think, wow, this stock doesn't trade on fundamentals. It trades on story and you just add a whole new story to it. I mean, really, $1.5 billion worth of of Bitcoin to Tesla is next to nothing. You're talking about an $850 billion market cap company. $1.5 billion is nothing. But it's the story behind it. So even putting in perspective, I think there's like 970 million shares outstanding here. So you're talking about, you know, slap it on or how many shares. Let's grab how many shares are outstanding on Tesla before I just... You know, he's not the first one to do this. And I just pulled it. And, we, and I, I was talking all last week about, you know, the consolidation. And they did sneak it over 40 on Saturday. And then they brought it back down. And now this uh, this news has us well over. But uh, what's the company, MicroStrategy? I mean, they did this a long time ago. This with that MSTR. Yeah, but that's a bigger portion. So like, MSTR is a, like a crypto play. Because it's holding Bitcoins, you know, a majority of MicroStrategy's money is in Bitcoin. Correct. Such a small portion of Tesla's money. So I'm just saying, you know, it makes sense because he adds a story to it, but it really doesn't change anything on the bottom line or the top line. It just adds the story element. So when Bitcoin's ripping, you're going to see Tesla, some investors thinking that that's a play now because $807 billion company at the close, 947 million shares outstanding. So we just tacked on you know, $20 billion worth of market cap here to Tesla. It just added $20 billion worth of market cap this morning because he bought $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. The math doesn't add up, but that's a genius move for Musk. If he's going to get that kind of move, I'd buy more Bitcoin again. And you watch it pop up again. Well, it's not just the Bitcoin purchase. It's that they also said that they're going to, they expect to begin accepting Bitcoin as a form of payment in the near future. Who's paying with Bitcoin? 
who so, is like actually doing this? Like actually, do we know, do we have anybody in the chat that actively pays stuff with Bitcoin? Like I know people are using it. I'm holding it as a store of value right now. But the simple reason is that, I, but I still say it's speculative, you know, but I think the speculation, I think the story, I said at the beginning of the year, I think the story carries Bitcoin in 2021. I think Bitcoin is a story of 2021. And that's why I bought Bitcoin back in November of 2020. Um, now it's combined with Tesla, but who actually is transacting in Bitcoin? Is anyone? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure people are. I heard it's not that efficient though to even transact in it. Like it's not like easy. I mean, okay, I'm gonna pay you a Bitcoin. I'm gonna go buy a sandwich. Well, with it, a isn't that? What if they screw up a decimal point because it can be like point zero 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 two eight Bitcoins. What if they screwed up a decimal point or something when they're typing it in? I mean, the, the, the number of it being that high just makes it difficult to transact. In. Well, isn't that partly what like, what like PayPal and, yeah, and, and Square are trying to solve or make it easier to, to use to transact in Bitcoin? Okay. So, I, yeah, mean, I mean, people do it. I, I'm not talking. I'm not going to say there's a bearish case. I was bearish Bitcoin for a long time. And I've been bullish, you know, since like I got bullish back when the finance went back in March. When I thought everything and then Bitcoin ended up going down there, which didn't make that much sense to me. And obviously it's come back significantly since then. But we've been on the Bitcoin bullish train here for a while. I'm just sticking with it. I don't care if you transact and I don't care. I just care that there's a story here. Story is what matters to investors in this market right now until proven guilty. You know, until we get some epic crash. Story is all that matters. Tesla now adds the crypto story to its portfolio. It makes me not want to be short Tesla. It makes me not want to be short Bitcoin. Actually, November too is when we had Mark Yusko on. That's when, he talked uh, into it. Yeah, too. yeah. Why, like, yeah. why not? Why get off? Get off zero is what he said. I was like, okay. I didn't go and load up and put. You know, like Jeremy Newsom's putting like huge amounts of his money into Bitcoin. That's a big bet. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not confident enough to go put thirty or forty or fifty percent of my net worth. Can I throw one or two percent into it? Sure, because I can afford to lose one or two percent. But if you're buying Bitcoin, you still have to say, you know, we don't know how the story ends. So it's speculative. It's still speculative at this point in time. But I think this. I think it goes higher. I think you're going to see a hundred thousand by the end of the year. I think. I don't know if it's going to five hundred thousand or a million. I don't know how you value it. It's just as long as the story is carrying it. That's what's got. But the story now does not cool off with Elon Musk supporting it and him tweeting about it every day. Even the doggy coin, Dogecoin, or whatever the hell they call it. I mean, Musk is tweeting about that continuously. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and it's, it's been jacked here, too. I mean, we went from, like, you know, fractions of a cent up to, what, six, seven cents now? Where is it? I haven't even kept an eye on it. I don't it. know how you bring it up. Uh, but, you know, referring, uh, you know, you made that statement about Jeremy. He 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 buys, like, on a daily basis. I know he, I don't know what percentage of his portfolio is. It's a good, it's like, uh, uh, it's actually a good strategy. If you're bullish at something long-term, just kind of like, you know, your S and P index, uh, you know, you put a little money to work each week and you're not worried about, you know, if it goes up a little or down a little bit, you're just kind of dollar cost averaging and building a stake. Now he does have a, a core position lower, but uh, yeah, the futures just hit 44,785. Hard to be bearish. Yep. I don't, why? Why do you want to be I don't want to be bearish anything. Why do you want, it's a great point. A good why point. do you want to be bearish anything? I'm going to tell you on the long side, everything is working i mean i don't know when it stops all working but everything is working i mean i had super bowl stocks you know that a list of them we talked about them you know before they all worked like well let's let's do some stocks what were the super, let's go to the super bowl stocks i mean general motors we talked about this as a super bowl play we knew they were going to have a commercial the commercial was really strong i mean talking about 30 evs before 2025 will ferrell on the commercial i mean they brought it they brought it I'm long GM. I think GM, I said on Twitter, I think GM could be a $100 stock. I'm not, I'm going to say it. I, I think you've got to buy a pullbox on GM because this is not only a pure EV play. It's going to be a pure EV play eventually because I'm telling you, in 10 years, we're all going to be EV. And so, yeah, it's got gas, gasoline, it's got oil in there now, but they're converting over 30, 30 vehicles. They're, I mean, that, maybe they're not going to get that many, but there's going to be a lot of choice here. So this is a value EV play. And I think Ford is too. I like General Motors better. I own them both. I own them both, Ford and General Motors. I think this puts them back on the map. I think they're going to be major players in EV. 
Guess who helped uh, creating and evaluating the Edward Scissorhand commercial for Cadillac? No idea. Dana. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, that's awesome! Congrats. Yep. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. She was. She was like. Wow. She was like. Actual. She was actually nervous almost all day talking about it. You right. know, and like that. It was trending on Twitter and. I like the whole thing, but yeah, yeah, she was really, really uh, excited about it. Folks wanted to pull up the GM chart. You got the GM chart right here in front of you. You just hit a tad over fifty-six bucks in the uh, in the pre-market trading, but that's not that's not the high. Uh, Fifty-five seventy-seven, where we're at. Well, we're just above that right now. Oh, we're up by the quite a bit. The recent high. What is that high? All-time high. Well, all time high since it got out of the government. Right there, fifty six ninety seven, folks. So there you go. There's your bogey for today. I know Warren holds a big piece of this one. And all time closing high. That was the day after at fifty five forty. So that's what you're looking at in GM. Do you got Ford. this? One, do you have GM or? Yes, Ford? I do. Yep. You have both. I got both. Both. Yeah, you got to support the Motor the City. D. I, I jumped in late. You guys got a much better price in Ford. I jumped in GM late. I didn't get GM until that dip. That was the when we were getting the GME, everything was selling off. And I was like, well, I wanted GM. It went to 57. It pulled back down under 50, and I picked it up then. You know why it went down under 50? Because of GME. Uh, Again, everything, that was the sell-off. Well, the also, uh, every stock. Motley Fool beat up on it. I don't, I'm saying it was all GME. It, well, you got to read. Was, everything was getting sold off because they were worried the hedge funds had to sell everything because of the short squeeze and, and it was going to you know, impact stocks. I was worried about it too. GME sold off and all the stocks came back. So anyways, General Motors, I think it was a steal under 50 bucks. I still, I think, I'll say it again. This could be, a, I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying this could be a $100 stock. It, I could see, I can see the path to a hundred for General Motors. We were uh, Spencer and I were talking on the uh, on the late show that um, if you got it, if you like a stocks at like seventy five, you it's going to a hundred. That's it's, what it does. If it's like Any seven, if it's seven eighty, it's going to a thousand. Except for uh, Amazon, it's going, it's much higher. It's going to five thousand. Yeah, I don't like, even know if Amazon's ever going to move. Shout out to Bruce again there. I mean, he picked up that entire straddle that he wrote. I'm thinking I should just start writing the straddle too on this thing every week if it's going to give you that kind of premium. I don't know where it is. I can go price it out right now in the background while you guys talk another stock. But Super Bowl stocks, so the two you naturally think about, Penn Gaming, DKNG, they ran up substantially into the Super Bowl. They're still up this morning. I'd be careful chasing these ones, though, because they had a big move into it. And sometimes you do see a reversal on those moves. Like, I like General Motors. I'd buy a pullback on these. These have moved a lot. You're coming in Penn and DKNG now. You're chasing. I'd say wait for a dip. Great companies, both of them. Um, but I'd wait for a dip. Yeah, I don't – I mean, obviously, I don't know how you know, how they did on this. I know there's a lot of bads. I mean – the favorite, I don't know. I mean, I th- it'd be interesting. But you know what? They make money on the juice anyways. So uh, both stocks, uh, I could just tell you, uh, DKNG here, just running into a little trouble here. Uh, just over 64.80. You have three 15-minute brackets there, 64.90. And then what did you have on Friday? Just keep the high on that right there, 64.51. Trying to do a little bit better, but maybe you got a little seller at 65. And in Penn, I know that had a big day. From the pre-market trading, it just hit 134. Someone's got a little excited on that 4 a.m. print. You backed off $4. So that's your bogey there. Top of yesterday's range or Friday's range is 129. This Amazon straddle for this week, it doesn't even have an earnings report in there. So we had the, it was jacked up to 170 bucks last week because of earnings. Just a normal week for it. We're looking at 44. I'm just looking at 33.50 at the closes, obviously, because we don't have, and you know they're a little bit wide, so you got to take the middle of it. it. Looks about 84 dollars. So if you were able to just keep, you know, you have to write the call and the put. And obviously, you're not going to always keep it all. You're going to get assigned, you know, and then, but then, you know, my. Buddy Bruce says, oh, you get a sign, you get the stock, then you start writing upside calls against it. You know, you just keep sitting there, you just keep writing and writing and writing against it. As long as the stock doesn't crash, 
or blast off into orbit. I mean, if you just if you're nervous about you know stocks, this you don't want to be bearish stocks, and you could just rate the puts. And you get forty three dollars for the thirty three fifty. So it goes down to thirty two fifty. You get a sign. Then he says, "And I rewrite." Then I rate the upside calls. And he says, eventually, if it just keeps staying in the same range, you eventually get called away, and you're making more premium that way too. So I mean, it's uh, it's been a strategy that works very well in a sideways market. I don't mind that strategy at all. Not with if you pick the right stock. Eighty bucks, like I mean, eighty. But annualize that. If you were able to pick up eighty dollars a week in annual, oh. on a thirty-three hundred, like eighty times fifty, like what the hell is that? It's four thousand. That's that's the whole thing. I mean, if you're able to pick up eighty a week, right? The four thousand yep. bucks. Yep. Stock's gone nowhere in the last six months, but if you're writing those straddles, you've made like probably twelve, thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars a share. Not a bad strategy. Again, when you're writing the straddles both sides, so if it rips higher on you. You know, then that's painful too. If it rips lower on it and crashes, it's painful as well. But it goes sideways, straddle writers just winning. Yeah, uh, Brian mentioned uh, no split. You know, no talk of a split on that. They, I don't think they will. You think like they never have? Has Amazon ever? When's when's the last time Amazon split? Let's look it up right now. It's been a long time. I think they have before, obviously, but I don't. Yeah, know. They, I, everyone split in the dot com bubble. <laughs> Yeah, they were um, split back then. Let's see. Three, splitting was cool. Three splits. The last one was in 1999. They did. Wow. They did three splits within the span of one year. Yeah, because one, every one time, time they split back then, the stocks would pop 20. percent So they were being rewarded for splits. So all management except Warren Buffett was splitting stocks. Buffett said never. Cost <laughs> money doesn't fundamentally makes any sense for me. But everybody else is like, oh, yeah, but this makes our stock pop up 20%. We're going to do a split. I thought we, once we saw the Apple and Tesla splits, I thought we'd start seeing some more. I did, too. Energy, but we really didn't you know, see very many. So I thought we'd see some cool splits. But everybody likes the high stock price now. So, All right. So we talked to Amazon straddles. We've talked a little bit about the Super Bowl. Um, hey, you know, they're bringing up this tweet from Elon from, from December, this conversation, where someone tweeted at, at Elon. And he said, you should do your shareholders a favor and convert the Tesla balance sheet from U.S. dollars into Bitcoin. I remember that tweet. And he responded, are such large transactions even possible? <laughs> so that's not that's not a no. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he he's combined the story. I think it's a genius move. If you, you know, you're looking, he's probably looking at his stock and saying, well, there's no way it makes any sense on valuation, but, you know, you add this element to it. You know, how do you propel it forward from here? You got to keep doing new things. I mean, this was a, this was an easy one. This was low-hanging fruit. Yeah. I'll buy a little Bitcoin and get a hold of the crypto story as well. And then, you know, he can tweet a little bit about Bitcoin, tweet a little bit about doggy coin. And away you go. I mean, doge, this is Doge, Doge. I'm just gonna call it Doggy Coin for right, whatever. It's a dog. It's not Doge. That's a, I've, I've, I learned what that animal is called when I was a little. You know, when I was like two years old. It's called a dog. Well, I mean, it, it sort of makes sense because the whole thing was, uh, as far as I know, it was created as a joke. Yeah. Like, so it's a joke. For, it is a joke. I mean, but whatever. It's pe- making some people money right now. Yeah, I tell you, if it was a stock right now and I could come in there, I'd probably buy it because the story probably carries it higher. Yeah. Did we ever figure out where it is? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's like seven. That's incredible. Seven point where was it like a month ago? Before 7.3 cents, I think. Where, where was it a month ago? Was it under oh, a penny? I didn't go that. I didn't look at that. Wait, um, hey, this thing's been an incredible mover. Like 7.3 cents this morning. Wow. And there's 7.5 cents this morning. Um, where was it a month ago? Yeah, I was like, I know one, nothing about it, it, it was one cent, it was less than one, it was one pretty cent. good one month return. Yeah, Elon Musk basically doubled it from four cents to almost eight cents here now. So, you get Musk tweeting about something, he moves stocks, he moves crypto, he moves price. What, now, uh, what other uh, Super Bowl stocks, Super Bowl stock commercials? Uh, there was a few. There was there was quite a few actually, so I had them written down on this. Look at this paper though. It's I I I, I know I know I noted the uh, the fourth quarter Robin, Robin Hood commercial. Too. Did you guys see the the Robin Hood commercial in the fourth quarter? Uh, no. I I saw it. I didn't see it live. I saw yeah. it after though. You're an investor. I'm an investor. We're all investors. That that was the takeaway. That was my yeah. takeaway. Interesting. Yeah, Rocket was on there. They want to talk talk RKT. 
Uh, uh, I mean, you got someone step up a plate at 21 bucks here. I mean, it yeah. just can't. Yeah, can't. I mean, it just 21, 21, 21, 21, 21. It's had a few spikes, but building a base there, someone building a position. So excellent level to lean on. Uh, spikes have been hard to hold trading they don't up hold. today. They don't hold. Uh, it was this morning, like in the pre-market, the 4 a.m. traders getting all excited because they were sponsored the halftime show. Um, well, at least they were all over the halftime show. I saw uh, target for today. If, if you're looking for a daily target, 2240 was your high from yesterday, and that's about it. Uh, there's, I see a high. I mean, they got this this high when um, I got uh, someone was on CNBC, I believe, and they said no shortage of stock. So I think that's when you got that fluff. But nice, nice base of 21 to see. Only number I got for you, folks, for today is twenty two forty on the up. I don't know. I, I'm out of rocket. I sold it into the short squeeze. Um, when when it got the benefit, obviously going from twenty up there, I got over twenty five dollars. I didn't get that high, but I got out. Um, I, I could get talked back into it, but I mean, it's has been there's so much, so many other stocks that have been moving. It's like I looked at my long term portfolio, and like like I said before, it was like ninety three out of a hundred stocks I got, and they were up, and it was one of them that was down, and then I got the short squeeze and popped up. I mean. There, there's so many stocks that are moving so much better than Rocket. Does it eventually have a catch-up trade here? Is it a good company? I think it is. I think it's got a story. I think it's a good company. I think it could eventually go. But there's just so much stuff that's going all the time. Why try to you know time this one that really hasn't gone anywhere besides a short squeeze last week? So I don't know if this is the catalyst to blast it off either. So because they were on you know the halftime. So I, I, I just think there's there's better places for your money. That's all. All right, uh, S&Ps, we're just hanging comfortably here in the 3890 handle, 3895 is our last print, so not far, 10 points off the low, 5 points off the high, just kind of quiet, just hanging in there, nice game. They want to talk Kathy. Um, Kathy, let's talk yeah, Kathy. She, she made some moves. Uh, the biggest one she probably made notable one was Snapchat, actually. It's not popping here, but we know that Snap was wow. You know, it was down. I was like, I hope it gets down to 50 so I could buy it. It didn't even sniff. It just turned around on dime and then went straight up. So they were all over the dip just initially. Even They even let it dip down below 55 in the regular session. And then, you know, it continued to go higher. And now it makes new highs on the move again. So there's, you know, a, an earnings report that was initially seen as disappointing in one day, getting it all back and then tacking it on. So, and and Kathy bought the dip as well. And I doubt she was buying. She always, you can tell what she does. She goes to good companies like you. You was another one that she bought on Friday because it had a significant dip. So she goes into the stocks that have significant dips, the, the, you know, the, the storied stocks, the tech stocks that have significant dips. And she buys the dip. She listens to pre-market prep. She buys the dip. <laughs> Uh, this <laughs> yes. unity, dip. unity found support at let's see 128.54. It's where it closed and it had a low, right? Closed right near the low, too. Let's see what else we got. That 28.64 where it's closed. Kathy was leaning on these two lows right here. Uh, going back to late November, 126 and 128. So that's uh, a pretty good level trading up a little bit today. And then what's the other one that you mentioned that she... Uh... I'll give you them all. So this is what she bought on Friday. She bought PayPal. She bought Thermo Fisher. I have a position in that, full disclosure. LVGVW. Um, I don't know much about Longview, but she bought that one. That one's going to pop because that's a SPAC. And what? LVG? Wait, what is that? I have I have that she bought LGVW on my list. I'm oh, pretty LG. sure. Oh, oh. I can go verify okay. it, but I wrote it down. All right, that's I wrote it down right, Friday. Yeah. I'm pretty right. sure. Up two sticks. I'll look. I'll look at the email. Yeah, right no, she did. She did. I yeah. have it too. I just yeah. So that's going to go up substantially when you're buying a SPAC. That's a big mover. Ver, ver, she bought a Vertex VRTX. She bought Regeneron, which she's been buying for a while here. R E G N. She bought Unity. We already talked about that. She's been buying Novartis every day. NBS. She seems to buy that every single day. She bought Snapchat, KTOS, which she's bought before. It's up substantially, but I mean, I don't know why they keep popping every time she bought. She's bought this thing like a dozen times. Um, Teradyne, she's been buying every single day. And Peloton, she bought it dipped on Friday, so she bought some Peloton. And yes. She bought, and she bought Kathy. more. And she bought more Nvidia. So there's your stocks. Thank so you. LGVW is probably the one that's going to move the most smaller cap, and obviously a SPAC. So that's where she's uh, going to have the most push. So it's up 10% on Kathy. 
All right, so he, here's my hot take. Whenever the day comes that where Ark Invest and Kathy Wood it, it, uh, goes from hot to not, we're going to reverse it. We're not going to look at her buys. We're only going to look at her sells because stocks are going to go up when she sells them. She, she that, that, I never even look at herself. It's the same thing as an SEC Who's filing. Yeah. Uh, you know what? They they are selling, but you they, they don't care. The market just doesn't care. All right. I, I look at I look at those SEC filings all the time. You know what insiders are buying, and there'd be like an insider sell for like a bazillion dollars, and the market doesn't even care. It doesn't even look at. It doesn't even impact the price. So it's the same thing. It's this market so rigged to the upside. They only look at what she we buys. We said that a long time crap. ago. Joel mm-hmm. said it like 10 years ago, this market's rigged to the upside. It is All rigged right. by the Fed. So, All I right. mean, why be bearish? It's a great question. How many, how many you know, people following Kathy Wood are really interested in what she's selling? Chat, you know, I, is there anybody that's like, oh, she sold this? You know, I, I don't even know what she sold. I don't even look. Let's go look at the email just for fun. Let's go see what she sold. We're going to bring on. We're, we're, we'll, we'll keep. Because she sells something. She's buying something else. I'm going in there just to see quickly. We're going to get to a guest in a second because Mercury Structure Monday. We're not going to miss that. Tim, we're getting to you in a second. Stay in the background. <laughs> Sell LSPD, which is light speed. Uh, she sold Roku. She sold Splunk. She sold <gasps> Here is storage, PSTG. She sold Organovo Holdings, ONVO. She sold Pinterest. Is she a day trader? She just bought it. <laughs> I was going to say, she bought that last week. She started to trade this stuff, man. Why not? She buy it, go up 5%, and then she sells, and then it'll go back down, and then she rebuy it. So maybe that makes sense for her to do. She rebuys. Yep. AVAV, she sold. HUIA, she sold. And she sold Agora. It had the huge pop. Congrats, Jason Rasdick on that call. Had the What's the symbol on that one? API. Stock's just a monster. Blasting off, she did. She did uh, ring the register on some of that. But All right, it's fine. It, it, it is Mondays, which means it's time for market structure Mondays. Let's bring on our guest here, Tim Quast, CEO of Market Structure Edge. Tim, good morning, guys. Good to see you. Oh, he's I happy. missed you. We missed you too. Why, why, so you, you took the week off there. We missed you. We had Joe Sluthy, who's pretty you, good though too. You had the A team instead of the B team. No, come I, on. I, I listened to it and it was it was outstanding. As as I said in my note to you, Spencer, the it was the best market structure stuff you would have gotten anywhere last week, and it was here on the pre market prep. Yeah, we had Bill Hertz well on too. Did you catch the Bill Hertz interview? No, I didn't. I know Bill. Oh I yeah, did. we all yeah. know Bill. He's on the other side sometimes. <laughs> yes, he stuff, is. Yes, yeah. he is. Yep. <laughs> but he knows the stuff. So, so Tim, talk to us. You know, obviously, we're seeing you know lots of different things here happening in the markets. Did you watch the Super Bowl too? I watched part of it. You know, I just got the reason I look like I'm from Miami is I just uh, I just got off this boat. You know, I was in the Caribbean. Oh my and, goodness, uh, you were living the dream. And that's why, you know, so I, I look a little haggard. That's probably due to the, both age and rum. And, uh, <laughs> he was, he and, was social distancing. He, he was social distancing. So, so I came back to 4,000 emails. So I, I, oh. I, only, I can only watch part of the game. And did it go as you expected? I mean, yes. you know, coming off the sea, I'm clearly rooting for the Buccaneers, you know. Uh, that's Brady. Right. People on the A boy yeah. Brady. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. the Brady put Brady puts have officially expired worthless. I, I tweeted that last night, but the Brady puts are now it's officially exactly. worthless. That's it. <laughs> and he's still going. He's talking about he's come back. forty-five. Yeah. Well, if yeah. you play that well, why stop? You know. Yeah. Uh, he's really arguably got to be the most <clears throat> dominant player to his sport. In the history sport. of sports, in the Any history sport. of sports, right? Yeah. I mean, I, who is that's unbelievable what he's accomplished, you know. It and then really he takes is. and he goes yeah. from the Pats to the Bucks, and the Bucks win the Super Bowl. I mean, the it, story behind this guy <laughs> is unreal. Right? Unreal. You can't you can't say it's the you know it's the coaching staff or the supportive cast. It's clearly uh, Brady is central to those outcomes, no question. Unreal. Yeah. yeah. Just Stop. like just just like market structure, all he does is go up. Right. Uh, <laughs> All right. Let's talk market structure. Did you fix everything when? Yeah. Someone mentioned Michael Phelps too. That's very good. Uh, he actually spent some time at Michigan too. But uh, so when you were out there sailing, yeah. 
Did you figure out what to do with the market here to fix the market structure or is everything fine? Well, it, we leave and the, the market goes berserk. You know, wood, wood pulp futures behaved like tulip bulbs in, in the 17th century Holland. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, GameStop goes crazy, silver yeah. goes berserk, all kinds of things happen. And, and, uh, and to me, it gets to something that Joe Saluzia often talks about, that there's a, you know, the market has this appearance of a lot of liquidity, but there's a very thin veneer, like, like an oiled pan of real liquidity in the marketplace. So if there's any form of distortion in the supply-demand balance, the thing that we always talk about at Market Structure Edge is the market is supply and demand. And if stocks spend more time overloved than underloved, they go up. And a lot of the market has done that. And so we saw a lot of those distortions in liquidity. And it, and it took, in that same vein, something to keep, about, uh, keep in mind, traders when you look at at folks like you were talking a lot about kathy wood's positions well yeah. remember she has an inherent insurmountable competitive advantage over you traders she's not she's not flipping stocks those that she is trading stocks in the wholesale market for baskets of arc uh, ETF shares and trading them back. And she doesn't have to pay taxes on it. She doesn't have to pay commissions. And the whole transaction occurs off market. So sure, every time something goes up, you wash it out in the redemption basket and you bring something in in the creation basket. And it's something that very few people understand about the way that ETFs work. So if you wonder why you cannot duplicate her results, it's because you're not an ETF. You're a day trader. That's the, you know, that's the reality of the marketplace. Is that fair? Well, it is what it is. There are a lot of things about the market that aren't fair, uh, including the way that, that uh, GME behaves because of intermediaries like Citadel Securities. We talked about that last week. And I, I want that one thing that I think traders need to understand about what happened, not just with GameStop, but why Robinhood and others halted access to trading in some of these securities. And it's this, this notion of clearing and settlement. And I think if we spend one minute on it, you should know this. Everybody in the market should understand this because it's part of the behavior in context of rules of the money behind price and volume. So when a Robin Hood for a clearinghouse like the National Securities Clearing Corp, an, a unit of the Depository Trust and Clearing Corp, uh, is it looks at Robinhood, they don't see 20 million traders, they see a portfolio. And if that portfolio includes a bunch of stocks that have suddenly become very volatile, mm -hmm. then what the NSCC is going to say is Robinhood, pony up, because we have T plus two to settle these trades. And if anything goes wrong in those two days in, during settlement, we're not on the hook for that. You are. So put instead of 300 million in capital, you need to put up 3 billion. Well, Robinhood doesn't have 3 billion. So they have to go raise it to supply it as a deposit so they can resume trading. And it's very important to understand that those dislocations occur because of huge swings in volatility in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And now yeah. why does, yeah, so that's, I think that's just important for folks to, to understand. Well, because everybody thought it was a conspiracy and this wasn't really right. just a conspiracy here. You're, you're saying the same thing. We were trying to talk about this on the show last week as well, right. is that they had to do this. I right. mean, you know, you can't risk, you know, the alternative is something does go wrong in those T plus two. Robin who goes down, everybody loses, you know, now we, now we got a, a major brokerage account, you know, going down because of, you know, one security. And so not allowing them to trade for four or five days, it, it yep. absolutely was maybe their only choice. They right. just didn't communicate it well, maybe. that Maybe that was the issue. They should have communicated it uh, a little bit better. They sure should have. And and uh, and the funny thing is, in in their blog posts, they're, they're ironically very clear market structure writers. They write in very simple terms, but they don't do a good job of communicating, it appears, to their customers and to the public uh, in an in an op a more open forum, so uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, the the and and you can so here's an if we if we like, I'm going to share my screen. Yeah, and, for uh, sure. Uh, because I want to show you something here that I think will be not my face. We don't want my face again, like we happened last time. Uh, but by the way, really quickly, there's the back of my balding head. 
off of uh, Jolly Harbor in Antigua. Wow. And that's what it looks like on a big boat. It's one of our friends from Texas. And wow. here I am hanging out in the dolphin chair uh, out, outside of Hermitage Bay. So, if you know, this, it's, it, the reason we go is the Antiguans need us. You know, Live they, in the dream. <laughs> I'm so jealous of you. If I showed you outside my house right now, I have three and a half feet of snow. Oh, my goodness. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Well, yeah, going over here to, to, to Edge, so here's here's what, and by the way, if you want to follow along, just sign up for a free trial. I don't need a credit card, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm telling you, you can look at it this way, feel no obligation. Uh, but, uh, and I, I, I realize, Spencer, we don't want to spend much time looking at this, but I want to point this out. So here back to GameStop, Yeah. here's, here's the great, here's the, you know, the illustration of what happened. And remember that one of the basic principles to me of market structure is that the market is supply and demand, and we, we think of it as a 10-point scale. Things above five tends to, tend to rise. Things below five tend to fall. And see how much time this is, this is market structure sentiment. Price is very volatile. Sentiment is not. So as long as sentiment remains above five, stocks tend to do better. When they begin to mean revert, notice that is happening here, and short volumes begin to rise. Here's the short squeeze right in here. That's what happened. Very brief. It really was, it was just the immense pressure that was created that caused that. Well, it's going away. Doesn't mean it can't come back. But I will hazard here that the big runs in GME are over because of that. Market structure is beginning to revert. And Citadel, which buys all the limit orders, is going to know. They're going to look and say, well, here's the buy demand. Here's the sell demand. They're getting really close. Now, Citadel will want to shift short. And that's how the market works. So <clears throat> what is this? Uh, what are your thoughts just overall? Like, let's just stay with the GME for a little bit because yeah. we've got, you know, this, you know, group of, you know, 8 million traders strong here. Wall Street bets here now. Right. Obviously, they have a huge influence on individual stocks, especially when they're smaller or mid cap stocks. Right. What are your thoughts here just on, you know, how, you know, this impacts one, you know, traders who are trying to trade these stocks and then just two, um, you know, from a market structure perspective, you know, what? What are your thoughts here of this group of traders coming in, pushing stocks around? Well, I tip my hat to them. <laughs> I, I, I do too. <laughs> you know, I, I, I really, I, uh, I'm delighted to see retail money flex its muscle. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's the great, you know, it's one of the great characteristics of Americans. And in some ways, I wish we'd see it in other places in our society where uh, the common folks would flex their muscle. And that's what this is. And I, look, you can, you can talk about, are there manias? Well, of course there are. Manias are always a product of excess money and limited supplies of product. That's what happened in, in the tulip mania of 1636. The, the Dutch merchants had collected all this money from the from the new world and it chased a bunch of tulips it's a classic mania is there a mania here well yeah you know if the government's pumping a bunch of money out and people have nothing but time on their hands to sit and play video games and trade in their robin hood accounts we're going to have these things but do i do i think that the the fault rests with wall street bets of course not i don't there is a fault to market structure yeah, the fact that, that, that there is a, well, to me, it's the intermediation of the markets. As we've talked about before, over 50% of volume in the marketplace comes from folks like Citadel Securities and Two Sigma and, and uh, Hudson River Tradings and, and Virtu, Wolverine. And I'm not knocking these folks. It's not their fault. They're taking advantage of, of the existing rule structure, but they don't care about the proper price for something. They care whether demand exceeds supply in this fraction of a second. And if, they're, and if all these retail brokerages are encouraging people to use limit orders, you're a fool if you use, use a marketable trade. Use limit orders, limit orders, limit orders, limit orders, limit orders. Well, you're, you're creating an information advantage for Citadel if that's the case. Citadel buys those orders and they know the supply and demand. And so this causes extreme short-term distortions in the market. Now, here's the, here's the question. It's the great, you know, it's the sword of Damocles. That market structure plus the T plus 35 advantage that market makers have in shorting, Citadel can manufacture shares to solve imbalances. 
Well, the good news out of that is that there is always something to buy and sell. The bad news is none of us know what real supply and demand are and whether the prices are correct. Because in truth, if there was not a Citadel and GameStop moved like that, it would go from $5 to $5,000 and there wouldn't be anything to buy or sell. Well, we would immediately recognize a bizarre condition in the market. So is that worse? Or is it better? Is it worse to have Citadel? You tell me, Dennis. Well, I, and, you know. and I've given the same argument. You know, obviously, I like a diverse pool of liquidity, which you don't right. have now. But we, what right. we have is what we have. We have right. high frequency trading liquidity. Yep. And so we have created this. Like you said, this mm-hmm. has been created. The high frequency traders obviously have taken advantage of the structure that we have. I mean, right. if you look to where liquidity was back in the 90s, it floor traders. You know, you had, you know, the institutional, you had so many different types of traders. That's the diversity yep. of the pool of liquidity. But yep. now high frequency traders are so efficient at what they do. That's why we look at the floor of the exchanges and you don't right. see much happening there at all anymore. Because there's no, way a human being, there's no way a human being can compete. I mean, right. we get picked off in a, in a split second. You know, I used to you know, do a lot of market making as well. Joel was a market sure. maker on the floor as well as yep. a local. And you know what? We've adjusted our trading strategies and just extend our time frame a little bit because we can't compete in that field. So, so yep. you know, so yep. now you have high frequency liquidity. Mm-hmm. But if you all of a sudden decide, okay, we don't want high frequency trading liquidity anymore. Just let's just tax it or something and get rid of it. Well, now you have no liquidity at all because mm-hmm. all these other <laughs> pools are coming back. So, I mean, what do you do? I mean, if you're a regulator, you're like, well, we can't just get rid of these guys because these are our only market makers now. I mean, how many market makers are on the floor of the NYSC now? Seven uh, or eight from ex- 100? It's so- crazy. No, you're absolutely, you're dead on, spot on uh, correct. And it's, and it's the, you know, the, so the, it, and it raises this thing that I hear from public companies all the time when I say, well, a whole bunch of your volume will not show up in your settlement data. And they say, well, that's not possible because there's for every buyer there has to be a seller. And I say, no, that's only true at the close. So somebody could borrow 100 shares from BNY Mellon and trade it a million times. And it's 100 million shares of volume. It's still only 100 shares. And whoever the last two parties are who will have a clearinghouse in between them, who will be counterparty to both sides of that trade, that's 100 shares that will settle. And you could have that's what people can't wrap their minds around. Well, that's the market we have. And it creates incredible efficiencies on one hand and, and unbelievable distortions in people's capacity to understand real supply and demand in the market at the same time. Yeah, like Bill Hartz was on last week talking about the rehypothecation of shares. And, you know, right. and this was a main right. reason for why, you know, we have these short interests of 130, 140%. It's because those yep. same shares are being borrowed. Yep. And then you sell those short into the market to the buyer who then, you know, all of a sudden can lend those shares out again. Well, it's the same shares going yep. again, lending, 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 and just being reused. And that's so they're all, it's not naked shorting. They're all legal shares or legal shorts. But at the same time, it's 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 those same shares that are being lent. That's how it gets above the flow. I thought you did a great job with Joe last week explaining that there the the what what real naked shorting is. And I've long contended there's some folks who run around uh, semi nefarious telling public companies that oh well, you have massive naked shorting and we can help you solve that problem. And I explained to them no, there's very very little naked shorting. You can go look at the threshold stocks. Almost all of them are ETFs, in fact, not stocks. There is very little naked shorting because, as you explained, people get punished for that. But what does exist is this market-making exemption to create shares. And they're given that capacity because the market is so dependent on automated trading, high-frequency trading. And there's no way a high-frequency trader who's trading a thousand different securities long and short – in, in a, a you know, 400 milliseconds is going to be able to know whether those shares exist to borrow. So the SEC gives them leeway to create money in effect. And that's what happens in the marketplace. And so if you think there's a bunch of naked shorting, you're wrong. Right. <laughs> Tim Quas, Tim Quas, CEO of Market Structure Edge. So what do you think? Is there going to be any regulatory changes coming down the pipeline? I mean, Dennis mentions the financial yeah. transaction tax. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, uh, you know, the, the GME was halted a few times and stuff. Yeah. We saw yeah. I, one thing that Dennis and I and also Spencer talked about 
when the market, you know, uh, meltdown in March is, man, it, it held up pretty good. I mean, considering, you know, the S&Ps, the spiders, everything. And, right. you know, it, 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 we looked at it and we could analyze it and everything. So I, if it, it ain't broke, don't fix it. What's your, what's your thought? Well, Joel, you know how long it takes the SEC to get anything done anyway. So unless there's a giant smoking hole in the ground that yet lies ahead, I will be highly surprised if much changes. Now, we there is a big update to RegNMS uh, called RegNMS2. I call it RegNemesis, RegNemesis2. <laughs> That's coming. So... Uh, so we'll see, it. you know, it's going to, that'll have to, the, the, I'm sure it'll matriculate through the courts and various forms of litigation. There will be some rule changes, but I don't, I would be surprised if any of it relates to GameStop ultimately. What do you think? I, I mean, it was, I mean, besides the halts and the circuit breakers and stuff, if people want to purchase shares and it goes through the marketplace, Hey, I mean, it's not the free, first time we saw yeah, a bubble on an right. individual. Security. Free markets for free men. I mean, you know, I, the only thing Dennis gets me nervous when he starts talking about the financial <laughs> transaction. That's the only yep. thing. But I, I think there's a lot of things going on in Washington right now where, you know, that's that's just not, you know, that's just kind of on the back burner for now. But I think right. that would be something uh, that I'd like to see avoid. That could have a negative impact on the markets. It could. Well, And, no, and I realize we're about out of time, but I, I'm okay. not sure that Joe mentioned this. But, you know, there is a financial transaction tax in yeah. effect already. Yes, it's called the Section 31 fees. That's how... That's how the SEC funds itself. Interestingly, these, this explosion of, of volume, and there are other factors, too, that, ha, that come into play, that actually got cut by an historical amount here recently from yeah, about, from, yeah, go ahead. 22 you, bucks a mil to, yeah. I think, $5 <laughs> and change. I mean, that was saving me. I was, like, figuring out that I was, like, that's going to save me, like, 100 bucks a day. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I trade quite a bit. <laughs> Right. That's right on my bottom line. Right, right. There you um, go. And it will it will feed more. It will feed more uh, trading. There's no question. The the trouble is what happens if that dries up? That that will be that will be the other shoe dropping. If volume dries up at, and the SEC then has to boost that fee dramatically at some point in the future, it'll yeah. be a double whammy. We'll I mean, see. up to twenty-two dollars. We've had that for you know, it's been yeah. up there for years. So it was a nice, you know, that's nice. Yeah. I was like, I don't usually get my fees cut, so I was like, right. I was going to have to read that. <laughs> but at the same time, like this financial transaction tax to just put it in perspective. Mm-hmm. So we're talking five dollars a mill. They were proposing 01 percent. So that's all of a sudden you're talking a thousand dollars on a mill. I mean, you're talking it's something that's two hundred times the size. So what that does yeah. is it implodes all the structure. I yep. mean, your high-frequency yep. traders all of a sudden aren't profitable until they're making 0.1 and 0. If they do both sides, it'd be 0.2. So all of a sudden, your spreads go from being here to here because yep. they're going to pass that on in the form of wider spreads. They're not going to give you this tight little one-cent market on the SPY if they're exactly. getting taxed. So exactly. it just kind of implodes everything. And that's why, you know, we get Andrew Ross Sorkin talking financial transaction tax to curb speculation. That doesn't curb speculation. It destroys liquidity. <laughs> liquidity, yep. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> he doesn't understand it. All right. Tim Quas is the founder uh, and CEO of Market Structure Edge. Joins us every Monday from Market Structure Mondays. Tim, we appreciate the time. Good to Good see to, you guys. Good to have you back. What's wow, we got you. Down? You got did you try and make up for last week, Tim? You were there. Holy mackerel. Charge this guy more money. Have a good one, It's 835 to 859. Oh, man. What are we doing here? It's charity. We run a charity. We we uh, we definitely got on some tangents, but that's okay. It was a good conversation. Uh, let's do a couple more things before we wrap up. I uh, I, I want to hit on Zillow. I, I don't know if you guys saw uh, saw the the SNL Zillow um sketch skit no, whatever over no, the weekend but i've never felt more personally attacked in my entire life i feel like they were speaking directly to me um i highly recommend uh you watch it it was just you know how snl does those like commercial those fake commercials and yeah. they did a fake commercial about zillow that was that was hilarious um why were you felt attacked why because why? the entire commercial it was like you know it was a commercial for like one of those like late night hotlines but instead of it being a hotline it was zillow and you know the the entire premise is like you know when you're lying in bed at night you like go on your phone and you browse zillow 
And that's exactly what I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, um, I thought I thought of that uh, just now. I remember that just now, um, and wanted wanted to mention that. And if you haven't checked it out, check it. It was, it was very funny. Um, I, I don't know how the stock the stocks at all time high, right? Pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, what yeah. you look at the stocks and you try to think, okay, well, where are we going to find? You know, where are we going to find something? You know, where it's, it hasn't run yet. I mean, everything has run. So yeah, I say don't chase stocks. So you got to wait a little, <laughs> little bit of pullback here. But right now, like. I look at what I've got in my long-term portfolio and I'm chasing some stuff here too. I mean, even my GM purchase was chasing to a certain extent. I mean, I waited for a dip, but 40 to 57, then I bought a 50. I wasn't the guy that bought it at 40. So, you know, I am chasing it to a certain extent. So it's hard. I mean, it just keeps thinking, okay, well, this one's going to go next. And I mean, if you do buy the ones that are in the gutter, like the Coca-Colas or the Procter and Gambles right now, or even the Clorox, which is unbelievable because I got short squeezed and then, you know, it's come all the way down and now making new lows. Um, you know, maybe these turn eventually, but with a raging bull market, people don't want consumer staples. Nope. So they're laying off the consumer staples. If the market goes into the gutter, the consumer staples are a little bit of a hedge because those are the kind of stocks that people will then flock to and say, oh, I like making 3 4% of my money as opposed to losing 3 4% a day. But as long as the raging bull is intact, consumer staples are out of favor. Yeah, those stocks have been uh, Procter and Gamble. I mean, and the you get to, yeah, get the return. Did Coke have a? I, I didn't catch all the commercials last night. Did Coke have a commercial? They usually do. If they did, I forgot about it already. <laughs> what was the uh, best commercial? What, what do you what do you rank? General Motors, Will Ferrell. What, I, what? I honestly don't remember. Like, I, I remember um, the one for for like oat milk. That that, that was that was the one, and I I remember. Uh, I don't know. I scoff at them, right? I scoff at the Uber Uber Eats. Oh my gosh, that was so sanctimonious and fake. But uh, yeah, support local business says the firm that takes a cut out of every order from local business. But uh, <laughs> I no, I don't. I don't know. I don't have a favorite. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Anyways, we are seeing a little bit of leakage in uh, Penn Gaming. It's come down a little bit. I just, like I said, those stocks ran. If you're coming in and buying Penn now, you're buying somebody else's profits because this ran significantly up into the Super Bowl. You get the pre-markets like, oh, yeah, Penn Gaming had to benefit. This is feels like a little bit. It could be the sell on news events. So I love, like, I still like Penn Gaming. I don't have it. I shouldn't have sold it. I sold it when I was nervous when I was in Consolidation Station. And I it had, it had obviously breached my price target. But pulls back and i probably reload um draft king same thing it's just run up into the report so you got to be careful just chasing you know after the event i like buying the stocks before the event and then selling them like kind of on the news like if i had these i'd be selling them this morning or selling them you know prior to going into the event because sometimes you know you get the actual event you get a little lift and then they pull the rug out from under it so just be cautious that way even on general motors a great commercial lots of people talking about this morning it gets it gets a little bit of a pop I'd like to actually buy more shares, but again, I like buying dips, not rips. All right. Uh, Mitch, who is listening but is not here because he's in the middle of moving, I think. He wants us to hit on. He reminded me the home builders look good. He's pounding the table on the home builders right now. So it's just the environment has been. All of them. Keep it home. They're value stocks. They are are obviously in an environment that's been very good to them. They're all firing on all cylinders here. Um, For the most part, I've missed this trade because they've, you know, well, maybe not because, I mean, they've been in consolidation station for a while. But, I mean, you look at these and is this as good as it gets? I mean, that's where, you know, Lennar is making new highs, which is nice. But, again, these aren't, you know, high-growth tech stocks. So they're they're doing well. They're doing very well in this environment. Are these storied stocks that are going to continue to carry? I, I I struggle to find the sexy story with the home builders, which is why I'm probably not getting in them. Um, Joel, what are your thoughts on the home builders? I mean, they're uh, great companies. They're yeah, value stocks. Yeah, but... they just uh, man, oh man, I I don't have any. I believe I don't have any home builders in my portfolio. I mean, they are a precursor for the economy, and you know, with COVID. Uh, value of homes i mean it's it's really if you look at it it's you know it you know helps your home depots it helps your furniture stores it helps your john deere's because people got to buy you know tractors i mean it's really at the at the core of the economy i i don't know i don't know where to i I don't know where i would step in on these things i mean if you want to do you feel like you missed a party the one thing you can do is you know just 
to go out over a long time, say, hey, I'm going to devote $2,000, let's say, to this and do it over a period of time and hope you, you get some some pullbacks on it. That's my thought. Uh, XHB, I looked at that. It's, the, it's not quite at the all-time high, so you got some room there. But just one heck of – just like all the other charts, you know, just grinding higher since March. Everything works. If you're long stocks, for the most part, it works in a bull market. We're all sitting with portfolios where we're up in all the stocks and we all feel like we're geniuses. And, you know, that might be the case. Um, you know, obviously, everybody's been smart to be long stocks. So I don't know. Like I said, stonks? it's hard. It's stonks, isn't stonks. it? Stonks. Yeah, it's stonks. Portnoy renamed it stonks. We're all long the he, stonks. He didn't do that. That wasn't him. Was no, it? no, it no. It's, I know. I heard it from Portnoy first. It started as a joke. It started as an accident. And I then thought it, it was. It, I thought it was Portnoy. I uh, know. I most jokes originated from anonymous people on 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 Reddit, and, and then Portnoy ran with it, and then people run with it. But uh, yeah, all right. Nine oh six, guys. Any final thoughts before before I wrap it up here? Or was that that maybe? I, I think that's it. That I mean, it. we're just. Yeah, saying, yeah. I, I don't see why the bull thesis is derailed all of a sudden. I do like. I think this is great news for Bitcoin. I know the Tesla's getting the pop on. You know that they bought some Bitcoin. I think that this is just gives another vote of confidence to, to Bitcoin. It's making new highs. You get a little pullback. I think it's a buying opportunity. I think Bitcoin's going to a hundred thousand. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't okay. know. <laughs> uh, I'll just say, you know, the S&Ps here, uh, we've only had a 15-point uh, range overnight. And uh, my day, my, uh, I'm looking, and it's been coming down a little bit, but we've been moving 50, 60 handles a day. And so right now, it doesn't look like we're we're giving, uh, giving any look to the downside. I noticed there's been some small sell-offs off the open we did have that on friday snuck in the top of uh thursday's range and took off but uh there's certainly we're not going to stay here at uh 38 95 50 in a few a uh, few point range and uh bulls definitely uh favor the move on the upside all right want to remind everyone today's show was sponsored by market structure edge it is the first decision support platform for traders built on market structure try the new way to trade for free market structure edge.com want to thank our guest tim quast hit that like button hit subscribe hit share wherever you're watching this that's going to be a wrap for pre-market prep but if you've been watching for the last week you've noticed that we've been staying on all day open 8 a.m. to the close and sometimes later. So I'm going to say goodbye to Joel and Dennis here, and I'm going to bring on... You got it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.